0: Hello, this is Meghnad from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, April 26th and the big story of the day is the mild yet important tussle between the Supreme Court of India and Reserve Bank of India. A Supreme Court bench has directed the Reserve Bank of India to review its policy on information disclosure relating to banks under the Right to Information Act. According to them, the RBI is duty-bound under the law. Here's some context about this story. In January this year, the top court had issued contempt notice to the RBI for not disclosing annual inspection report of banks under the RTI. The Apex court and the CIC, Central Information Commission, had both held that the RBI cannot deny information to an information seeker unless the material is exempt from disclosure under the law. In its defense, the RBI had said that it cannot disclose information as the annual inspection report of the bank contained, quote, fiduciary information, unquote, as defined under the transparency law. So today, the Supreme Court came down hard on the RBI. A bench headed by Justice L. Nageshwar Rao directed the federal bank to review its policy to disclose information relating to banks under the RTI. The bench made it clear that it was giving the central bank a last opportunity to comply with provisions of the transparency law. It said, any further violation shall be viewed seriously. In other news, our friend and fugitive businessman Neerav Modi has been denied bail by a UK court for the third time. In a brief hearing that was presided by Chief Magistrate Emma Arbuthnot, he has been further remanded till May 24th. A full hearing has been scheduled for May 30th. Nirav Modi is fighting extradition from the UK to India in the matter of a $1 billion Punjab National Bank fraud and money laundering case. I hope you remember that. He is being held at Wandsworth Prison in London since his arrest in March. Modi is understood to be in the UK on an investor visa from 2015. Here's a fun fact. This visa to Nirav Modi was granted at a time when the so-called golden visa route was active. It was relatively easier for super-rich individuals to acquire residency rights in the UK based on a minimum of £2 million investment. Earlier, our 48-year-old fraudulent friend was refused bail on March 29th on grounds that there was substantial risk he could fail to surrender. Apparently, according to reports, Nirav Modi had attempted to purchase citizenship in Vanuatu. It's an island country located in the South Pacific Ocean. Google it, it's quite pretty. It's really sad he didn't get to go. Today, a Surat district court found Narayan Sai, son of Asaram Bapu, and four others guilty of rape. Judge P.S. Gardvi, who pronounced the order to a packed court, said the quantum of sentence will be delivered on April 30th. Sai was booked after the younger of two sisters accused him of repeated sexual assault between 2002 and 2005. The victim's elder sister, in a separate FIR, had leveled charges of repeated sexual assault against Sai's father, Asaram, between 1997 and 2006, when she was living at his ashram near Ahmedabad. Narayan Sai was slapped with various sections of the Indian Penal Code, including rape, unnatural sex, molestation, wrongful confinement, unlawful assembly, rioting armed with deadly weapon, criminal intimidation, and criminal conspiracy. Of the 10 accused in the case, the court convicted 5, including Dharmishta Mishra, Bhavika Patel, Kaushal Thakur, and Ramesh Malhotra. The other 5 were acquitted by the court. All accused except Tsai are currently out on bail. At the opening ceremony of the second edition of the three-day Belt and Road Forum, Chinese President Xi Jinping sought to allay growing concerns that his trillion-dollar Belt and Road project was pushing poor countries in a debt trap. He pledged to make the connectivity scheme more transparent. Mr. Xi sounded defensive in his speech about his pet project that has come under growing criticism for the lack of transparency and indebting nations. India skipped the event for the second time in protest against the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, CPEC. This is a key component of the Belt and Road that passes through the disputed Kashmir held by Pakistan and claimed by it. The corridor connects the Chinese city of Kashgar with Pakistan's Gwadar port on the Arabian Sea. Some context on this project. The Belt and Road project proposed by Mr. Xi in 2013 aims to connect the world's three biggest continents, namely Asia, Africa and Europe through a vast network of highways, rail lines and sea lanes. It's quite bonkers really. China has poured billions of dollars in over 60 participating countries where its companies are engaged in building infrastructure. The sheer vastness of the project and the money involved in it have caused much awe among many countries, while it made some wary too. This initiative is being seen as China's tool to increase its geopolitical influence. India has steadfastly kept away from this project because Well, to put it in simple words, China wants to be a superpower, India wants to be a superpower, and only one of them can be a superpower. Yeah, end of story. The Supreme Court has refused to interfere with the Election Commission's order to ban the release of a biopic on Prime Minister Narendra Modi, stating that it is the business of the Election Commission. Even as the producers of the film have told the court that the ban is in contradiction to the clearance given by the Central Board of Film Certification, CBFC, a bench headed by CJI Ranjan Gogoi said that it was not inclined to entertain the application filed by producers of biopic challenging the EC's order. The bench said, quote, The issue is whether the movie can be exhibited at this time. The election commission has taken a decision. We are not inclined to entertain this. Earlier on April 24th, the EC had described the film on PM Modi as a hagiography that may disturb the level playing field if it was to be released during elections. According to the Indian Express, there are 17 lines in the film that the EC cited in its report to the Supreme Court to endorse its stand on deferring the release of the film until after the 2019 general elections. After watching the film, the EC had also told the Supreme Court that the film is not only a biopic but also contained dialogues, symbols and presentation that, quote, eulogises a public representative, unquote. The report also said that it produces a political environment where an individual acquired cult status. The construct of this 135-minute movie is unabashedly unidimensional, which puts an individual on a higher pedestal through the use of specific symbols, slogans and scenes. It ends up eulogizing an individual, giving him a saintly status. Yeah, that's what the report said. Oof, both hard, both hard. Here's some stuff you should definitely check out on newslaundry.com today. Check out the NL Sena funded report by Prateek Goyal on the latest phenomenon in Maharashtra, Raj Thakre. He's been giving some power-packed PowerPoint presentations designed as political rallies without fielding a single candidate. I mean, seriously, what's up with that? Pratik does some digging and reveals the powerful mastermind behind the whole thing. Do read it. You should also check out Gaurav Sarkar's kickass narrative on the three hearings in the Supreme Court involving three sealed cover envelopes and lots of drama. Oh my god, so much drama. So Gaurav attended court for the past week and came out a bit delirious, seeing what is going down there. From the heat and from the insanity. Do read his report on newslaundry.com. Oh, and please subscribe to News Laundry so that we can pay for Gorov's therapy. He seems a bit traumatized right now. Remember, we don't take any ad money, so we need your money to send him to therapy. So please, pay to keep news free and our reporters healthy. That's all I have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.